You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. I hope your mind is ready to be blown because today's episode with Laura Martin is mind-blowingly interesting and ridiculously helpful. Laura is a certified IBS nutrition consultant and the founder of Healing to Happy. After years of having an eating disorder, Laura developed a laundry list of symptoms from IBS to hypo and hyperthyroidism, and she knew she wanted and needed a change. She became an expert in the gut-brain connection and ended up in remission for her own symptoms before helping hundreds of other women heal their bodies and brains and live healthier, happier lifestyles. In this conversation, she deep dives into everything from what that gut-brain connection actually is, how to stop bloating, why restrictive eating or elimination diets are actually the worst, and some quick tips for what to do instead so that you actually enjoy eating again. And yes, that means pizza and your favorite cookies too. This episode does come with a trigger warning as we do mention some more sensitive topics like eating disorders. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now welcome, Laura. Hello, thank you for having me. Yay, I'm so happy you're here. So you are, let's get this right, a certified IBS nutrition consultant and the founder of Healing to Happy, which is such a cool company. Um, so without stealing your thunder, introduce yourself, your business, and tell our friends listening what you do and why you do it. Yeah. So I am an IBS anxiety specialist, basically, um, specializing in the gut brain connections. And what I found in this industry, especially when it came to gut health is it's very focused on elimination diets, restrictions, rules, things that are just not that sexy. And when you're someone that has struggled with an eating disorder and anxiety for a really long time, when someone says, here's a laundry list of foods you cannot eat, you look at that and you're like, holy pickles, what am I supposed to do with that? Like it, it's one of those things. And so I, I went through the whole journey and after many lessons and failed attempts, it was like, there's got to be a different way. And that's when I fell in love with this gut brain connection, studied it, like got all the certifications, got the t-shirt, the whole thing. And I realized it wasn't, it's still such a new field right? Like there's so many misconceptions. There's so many like new studies that even then that can be overwhelming. So I wanted to create something that's felt more like a home, a sisterhood, a community, something where you could come and talk about your mental health, where you could talk about your gut health. Cause you don't really get that in this world. Like we love to talk about money and the things that we're doing and like all that sexy stuff. But when we're talking about like poop and our mental health, it's like, <laughs> don't really want to do that. <laughs> It's so true. Okay. So if you'd be willing, take us back even further, because you mentioned how this all kind of started when, back when you had an eating disorder yourself. So if you would be willing, share more about that and what your life was like in that time that really ended up being kind of like the catalyst for, all right, something's got to change that kind of put you on this much healthier journey. Yeah. So at the age of 22, I had unexpectedly lost my mom and I didn't know how to cope with that. 
And so I ended up going on a journey of my lifetime to Asia where I thought it was only going to be three months. And I ended up being six years later of really swimming in my swamps of sadness for a really long time. Um, I found myself in sticky situations because you really have to learn how to, you're at that age, right? Like 22 years old, you're learning how to parent yourself while also going through a trauma, while also being in a foreign country. Like it's this whole slew of like, yeah, we're probably not going to hit this out of the park the first time. Um, and so to deal with the trauma, I fell into this disordered relationship with food. I had, I've had, had, I had an eating disorder since I was 13. Like that was my standard. I'm an empath. The way I coped with my emotions was I masked them through food. So I never, when I didn't feel like I belonged in my family, I binged when I didn't feel like I belonged in my school or my friends, I purged. Like it was this never winning battle, but that was my standard, right? Like I didn't know any better. We didn't talk about it, like all those kind of things. And so when life hit me on the head, I was like, oh, okay. And so I went down the spiral for about two years. So about 24 is when I sat there and I was like, you know what? I don't want to live this way anymore. And like, I was at my breaking point, right? Like I was like, I, I either die or I figure out a way to figure this out. And I was like, okay, so I take radical responsibility. I'm not at fault for the things that have happened in my life, but I am responsible. Mm. And so I sat down with one of my friends and she's like, um, you like have a really messed up relationship with food. Why don't you go learn about it? And so I went back, I studied nutrition and what I found when I was studying was same thing, all the elimination diets, all the restrictions, all the rules. And I tested every single one of them because if I'm obsessing about health and nutrition, I don't have to think about the trauma, right? Like it, it just, I went a different way with food. It wasn't that I was binging and purging anymore. I became orthorexic and obsessed and in the name of health, right? And that's usually what people get into, whether it's fitness, whether it's nutrition, we become obsessed with it when we first get hit with it because it's, it's saving us. And then all my health issues arised. So I had IBS, so irritable bowel syndrome. I had hyperthyroidism, then hypothyroidism. I had um, skin breakouts that took over my like entire backside, entire face, so painful. I had to stop teaching at the time. I was teaching English because we didn't know what it was. Um, my hair started falling out. I lost my cycle for five years. I was 40 pounds underweight. Like it was, my body was like, please stop. Like whatever you're doing, please stop. And I didn't realize the whole time, the way I was handling nutrition was because of my anxiety, right? Like I got my how and my why mixed up in my life. I was like, no, like my why is nutrition. This is, this is my baby. This is my thing. And it was like, uh-uh. Your why is anxiety because you didn't cope with your trauma and your belonging mm. this whole thing your entire life. And as a result, your health took a spill. And so which one do you clean up first? And it was when I was sitting in my naturopath's office and I, I knew about the gut-brain connection, like my background is psychology. We talked about medications. I, I love the human brain. And in nutrition, we talk about the quote-unquote second brain, but we didn't address it in this way that she was like, do you want to talk about how your depression is linked to your IBS? And I was like, her name was Penny. I'm like, Penny, what do you mean? And she's like, and I was, cause at the time I was, I was so used to feeling that way. Like I didn't even know I was depressed. Right. Like I know I had been diagnosed, but I was like sitting there, I was like, this is just my standard again. Like, I don't know anything else. And so as I started to make these micro moves in my life, I realized like, we don't actually have to swim through our swamps of sadness. We don't actually have to struggle with food. We don't actually have to even be sick. Like these things are just words, like they're diagnosis 
but we tend to cling to them and we cling to this in, in identity and we get so wrapped up in it that we realize food becomes this obsession because we don't want to think about anything else. And really when we get out of that fight or flight, our body can finally catch up. Like nutrition is important, but that is not the only thing. And that's what birthed healing to happy. And, you know, I started traveling around Asia and speaking on stages and doing that whole kind of thing. And it was just because people saw what I was doing. Cause again, no one talks about mental health specifically not in Asia, like that's not a thing. And so it just kind of steamboated from there. And I realized I was, you know, saving my own life. And since I did that, I can now help others. And it just has become this beautiful thing that has a spirit of its own now. Yeah. It's truly incredible. So for people who don't know, talk to us about the gut brain connection and what that is. Cause you know, basically everything there is to possibly know about it. And there's probably people listening who are like, huh, my gut's connected to my brain. Like what? So talk to us about what that is. Yeah. So this is my breath. Like it makes me so excited to talk about it because anyone that's struggling, when you realize that the gut and the brain are connected, it's like, oh my goodness, I am not broken. Like there's, I don't have to do this. It's like, oh, so <laughs> your gut and your brain are in constant communication with each other through this thing called the uh, gut-brain axis, also known as the vagus nerve, it gives off these things called action potentials where you don't have to tell your lungs to breathe, your food to digest, your heart to beat, any of that stuff. It does it entirely on its own through this thing called the enteric nervous system. So that's one reason it's called the second brain. Maybe you've heard of that. Second reason, has anyone ever felt like they had butterflies in their stomach? you know, or you had like a gut wrenching experience where it's like, oh my God. And like, you feel it in your gut. That is because also you have as many neurotransmitters in your brain or in your gut as you do in your brain. So this is through the gut brain connection. We feel our emotions. We have dopamine, we have GABA, we have neuropronephrine. We have things that keep us happy, calm, stable, and rewarded. And when we get these things, the thing in the gut world, because it is so fresh people get this misunderstood where it's like this stuff goes to our brain and it's that's not entirely true it actually controls like how inflammation and how nutrients get absorbed into your body which then impacts your brain but it's not like i eat a banana because it has tryptophan and then serotonin goes to my brain not how it works but cute yes eat bananas because there's potassium and magnesium and that helps your brain like it's just this whole misconception that we have to break down but when we get the body in balance when we get the brain imbalanced, we get our gut balanced. And this is why you see people that when we're stressed and we're anxious, we feel bloated, gas. Usually that's when we have diarrhea. When we're depressed, it's usually we have slow motility in our gut. And this is when we have constipation. And those two things go hand in hand in my practice. And so if we want to heal the brain, we have to heal the gut. And when we want to heal the gut, we have to heal the brain. And so it's this double-edged sword of like, just look at the whole picture because you can't heal one without the other. Man, it makes so much sense. So then how does that then tie to mental health, anxiety? Like you kind of started going into that just there, but then if people are, maybe if you, you kind of feel more of the physical manifestations more noticeably, maybe if it's coming from your gut, where like you said, you feel constipated or you have diarrhea or whatever, but what happens then if it's on the flip side where maybe you don't have the gut symptoms yet but you have the mental symptoms and maybe they're connected to your gut. Maybe they're not. You're trying to figure it out. How, how does that tie together then? So when we're anxious or depressed, 
our brain is just showing us it's inflamed, right? Like it is not broken. There's literally no studies to show that there's quote unquote chemical imbalances. Like that does not exist. It's just our brain. Same thing when you get a cut on your hand, it gets inflamed. You're able to take care of it. You give it manuka honey, you do whatever you gotta do to make that little cut go away and you heal it. That's what's happening in our brain. And when the alarm bells stop firing so, so much, we get back in balance. So what this looks like, right? When I'm working with clients, when I did this on myself, it's we want to balance our blood sugar levels because oftentimes when our blood sugar levels are high, we're anxious. When our blood sugar levels are low, we're depressed. And when this happens consistently, we're messing up our metabolism. We're draining our adrenals. We're messing with our thyroid. We're, you know, our stomach acid is weakened. This is when we start to get other ailments because I don't know anyone that has anxiety and depression that doesn't have anything else. Like that's not their only cup of tea. They're having some type of immune issue. They're having something with their skin. They're having something with digestion. They're having an autoimmunity. There's something else. And there's a reason because your body is stuck in this holy pickles. Something's going wrong. I'm going to stay in fight or flight. So my blood flow because of the enteric nervous system is going to send it to my other survival organs. It's going to send it to my brain. It's going to send it to my muscles, my heart, my lungs. And it's not going to go to the other areas that don't quote unquote need it as much, which is generally our hormones or our digestion, because those are the things, if a saber tooth tiger back in the day was chasing us, we don't need to be pooping and we don't need to be making babies. Like it's, it, it was just, wasn't a thing. And so this is why often when you have anxiety, it starts there. Like we have, we, we experience anxiety from time to time. I'm talking about, or in, and depression, but I'm talking about the chronic, right? Like the things that go on for months and you're like, what is going on here? And like, how, how do I fix this naturally without being stuck on medications and things? That's when we have to start looking at organs. We can't just look at the brain. We can't just look at serotonin. We can't just look at like, you know, gamma and norepinephrine. We have to look at why is our body freaking out right now? And how do we calm it down? So these alarm bells stop spazzing out for a bit. It makes so much sense too, because our bodies are so complex and are so systemized. So if you think of it like that and not just, okay, one thing is one thing has an alarm bell going off and that's it. Like, of course, now it seems like common sense. Like, of course, everything is connected and it makes so much sense to look at the surrounding area and not just the one thing that you think it is. So I I think you just put that in such a, such a good way. I feel I'm like nerding out over here. Can you give us, you mentioned bloating earlier. Can you give us some quick tips on bloating? Like, is there a way to pinpoint why you're bloated or what triggered it? Since now we know things are connected. And then once you kind of know why or what's happening, how do you decrease it? Yeah. So I'm actually doing a masterclass on this, um, next week, all because it's such a misconception around bloating. Like there's this new TikTok thing where everyone's like bloating. It's normal. Be confident. (laughs) And like, I'm all about it. Be confident, but also do your research. So you stop messing with your gut in the rest of your health. Like just be mindful. It's the internet. So when it comes to bloating, it's something in our body is giving off a gas that our body does not like. So we have to start to pinpoint where is that happening? Usually with my clients, it's more lifestyle than it is nutrition. And like, before we do anything, before we waste our money on these analysis and tests and things like that, how are you eating? Are you chewing your food enough? Are you actually eating consistently? Like, is your schedule consistent? Because if you're not, if you're one of those people that some days 
you forget to eat. And by the time you get to dinner, you're like, holy heck, all I've had today is a cracker. Like what is going on with me? And then the next day you're grazing all day long. Like your body is like, what the heck are you doing to me? Like I, I, there's no consistency here. So I'm going to spaz out and I'm going to bloat anytime you even breathe an air particle. Like that's, what's going to happen there. Um, what's your stress management? Like, are you sitting nowadays eating your lunch, huffing it in your mouth while you're also doing a zoom call? Like look at that stuff first. And then if that's still not the jam and you're still struggling, that's when we want to do tests. That's when we want to go check that there's nothing deeper going on because when it comes to your gut health, you want to test, not guest. But here's also the thing, please stop wasting your money on food sensitivity kits because those things are trash. They are such a waste of money. They're not like they're testing IgG, which is just a normal human response to food, which is why oftentimes people are like, it's everything I eat. What do I do now? Like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, because that's a normal, healthy human response. When we eat food, we have some type of inflammation in our body because we're digesting food. It's turning it into fuel. Like that's a normal human response. But Um, so things I'm talking about, like stool analysis, making sure there's no SIBO, making sure like the gut is still impaired, making sure there's no candida yeast parasites, things like that. And then from there work with a practitioner to restore your metabolism, because if it's something that's chronic, but those tests aren't showing up, then it's just a metabolic issue when it comes to like stomach acid and secretion and things like that. Sorry, that was super long-winded, but no, but it's it so there. good and so true. <laughs> and it's funny what you said is so spot on because it's funny. Come to think of it, how many people that I have just in passing conversation heard say like, oh yeah, I did this test. And now apparently I have a sensitivity to gluten and I have a sensitivity to soy and dairy. And people are like rapidly cutting out food groups because they all of a sudden think that they're allergic to everything or sensitive to everything. And that the solution is just eliminating all of it. And I'm sure in some situations that's you know, a legitimate sensitivity, but it's so interesting hearing you say that too, because I wonder how many times people are just cutting things out, not having to cut things out. And I had to go dairy free for a hot second after my daughter was born because of her needs. And man, that was freaking difficult. So for people (laughs) who do that all the time, I'm like, Oh God, sweet Jesus. That is IPDU because it's really hard having to cut out an entire food group And then if you find out you don't even need to cut out the food group, Ooh, I would be salty. And it's a whole like thing that I see in my world is people will come to me. They've eliminated all these foods. They, this whole vibe, right. And I did the same thing. And then they'll come to me and they'll be like, I don't know what's wrong. I've cut everything out from this list. Like I've done, I've done the elimination diet. I don't know. I don't know. And then they're sitting there and they're blaming themselves. I'm, I've got to just be more strict. I better cut out like nightshades or legumes or lectins. And I'm like, if that's like, The whole thing with restricting, we should not be restricting without reason. If we're not like, I'm not saying if, if you're like getting bloated from garlic, I'm not sitting here being like, yeah, keep eating that garlic. That's a good idea. It's like, it's like, no, that's painful. Stop eating it, but remove that food, but also do the work to figure out why your digestive enzymes aren't digesting that food Mm. because a healthy body digests every single type of food, including ice cream and food, including pizza, including hot dogs. Like I'm not saying go eat that every day. Like this is, this is mindful consumption, but your body shouldn't be, you know, bloated for weeks on end. And you shouldn't be having to run to the toilet instantly. Like these are things we got to start looking at because it's just like, for example, it's just like going to the gym. If we don't go to a gym and say we cut out all these different food groups or we don't go to the gym and then all of a sudden we're like, I'm going to squat that hundred pound rack right there. And like you come up, you pick up the bar, you go under it. 
nothing good is going to happen in that situation. <laughs> like Nothing good. That's the same thing where it's like, I've cut out all these foods and you know what? Nothing's working. And now I'm just going to go eat whatever I want. Now I'm going to get that pizza. And then you're like, I'm so bloated. I'm set back. It's like, no, duh. You, you don't have the enzymes in your gut anymore to break down those foods. Even like people with that have like histamine intolerance and lactose intolerance. Intolerance does not mean you can't eat that food. It means you have to work up those enzymes to get that back into your nutrition routine, which is why you start with softer cheeses, why you start with goat's milk. And then you work your way up and, and it's just like going to the gym so that you can then go to that squat route, squat that, act confident and not break your back. Like this is just how the body works when we break it down. And when we know how that works, we stop living in fear. We stop being so anxious. We stop cutting out foods. We stop, you know, being triggered by everything around us. It's just easier when we understand actually how the body works. For sure. So I know you and I both obviously hate elimination diets, restrictive (laughs) eating, all of that jazz. Talk to us about the method that you do use and recommend and teach now that it helps put your own symptoms into remission, still allows for pizza night, like it's basically a thousand times better. Yeah. I mean, I had pizza and chicken wings last night. Oh, God bless. Uh, (laughs) um, So I teach the free method and I use this if it's anxiety, nutrition or metabolic and IBS restoration, same thing. Free stands for foundations, reprogram, explore, evolve. So anything, anything we do, we have to get to our foundation. This does not mean an elimination diet. This means what are you doing every day? How do you feel about what you're doing every day? Do a self audit. You know, what are you eating? How are you feeling about what you're eating? What are you doing before and after you eat? What are you doing while you eat? What does this look like? Are you at like, what are you, what does your plate actually look like? Because I don't know about you, no one taught me nutrition growing up. Like my parents just taught me how to hold a fork. Like that was, <laughs> I, that was, that was the extent of my knowledge of things. Or I took like home ec classes and learned how to burn a cake. Like I didn't, I didn't learn about anything outside of, and then I got older and learned a little bit about macronutrients, like a carb, fat, protein, whatever. But still beyond that, I didn't know what my personal body needed beyond a calorie, right? Like I, none of that made sense to me. And so figure out your foundations. What does that mean? And then from there, we get to reprogram. We get to go see, okay, so what's going on? Where do we need to make some changes, right? Like what's the next right step in this to level it up? And when we're talking about the IBS and metabolism, the cool thing about our gut is the good bacteria literally eats the bad bacteria and turns it into good guys. We can reprogram anything we've done, even if we've been doing it for decades, right? Like it's something we can fix. And when it comes to anxiety, we reprogram the neuroplasticity within our brain, like the synapses in our brain can fire differently because we make different choices. And this is where we start to explore different options. That's nutrition. That's lifestyle. That's people we surround ourselves in. That's environments. We start to play around with it to figure out what works because it's not like I tell you go sit by a tree and you're like, wow, this is fabulous. I'm so in love with this. This is so fun. That might not work for you. Like you got to figure out what works for you so that then you evolve your lifestyle and it is just a natural process. Like you don't think like currently, I don't think about my routines in the morning when they used to be my saving grace. I don't think about, you know, of course I love cooking and I love preparing things, especially like for my family and things like that. But like, it's just a natural process. Like I don't have to obsess about what my plate looks like or what I'm going to eat when I get out or like what supplements do I have to take so I can go out to eat? Like I can just go enjoy 
pizza and chicken wings with my family and get a scoop of ice cream and then wake up today and be like, yeah, I'm good. Like I'm going to go about my normal routine and I know what works and what doesn't. And you're going to have to burn your hand a few times. And that's where people fall off. And this is why like masterminds or groups or accountability and all that kind of stuff is so important because the whole point of recovering from anything is learning how to stand up again. You know, like you're going to burn your hand. You're going to, you're going to do things that don't work. You're going to try something I say, or some, someone else says, and you're going to be like, that doesn't really jive on with me. And then instead of letting your shadow sister come and fight you, you're actually able to sit there and be like, hmm, yeah, that just didn't work. What did I, what did I like? What didn't I like? What am I doing better next time? Like every single time something goes wrong and you're like, those are the things that I have to ask you. And that's what I teach you inside of just this four-step method, whether it's anxiety, whether it's nutrition, it's just how to become the best you without these fears or lack mentality. It's just like, oh, I'm free. Like this is the whole point of being free. Yes. So with elimination off the table, what do you think people, if anything, do need to kind of consciously intentionally add in to their everyday diets? Like from everyone that you see, is it kind of, could you make a statement like, all right, across the board, we all need more fiber or like, we all need more healthy fats or like all need more whole grains, more strawberries, like whatever the heck it might be. (laughs) All of those things, but the unsexy foods are the things I add into my clients' diets, which are liver and organ meats. Um, I know, right. If you don't like to eat them, I'll take a supplement because the thing we're always trying to balance is our liver, our pancreas, our gallbladder, our heart, our things like that, right? Thing you're trying to replace, you get it from a source. I personally find it disgusting and I don't want to eat it. So I take it from a reasonable source, um, supplement brand that I'll take. Um, and then root vegetables. So things that actually have like nourishing things that come from the ground and like under the ground. So I'm talking like carrots, sweet potatoes. Yes. Did I get it? Yes. Yes. And like things like that, because most of my clients have cut out carbs and they're in this feared state of being, and we need those root vegetables. They have such like, think of it where they have like deep colors. Like we need that back in our nutrition routine. And then same thing where it's like, we need healthy fats, right? Like we need, just stop putting fake stuff in stuff. Like stop trying to make fake butter a butter. Like it's not butter. Please stop doing that. Like get actual butter, just like our grandparents, not our ancestors. Like we are, we don't need to do that, but like our grandparents go back to that. And once we get back to that basics, it's also, we probably need more calories than what we're eating oftentimes than not. Like we got to stop going with this 12,000 calorie or 1200 calorie vibe, like get up to the 2000 range. Usually if you've been in a deficit for a while, you might have to gain some healthy weight to get your body back into balance. And so it's more so like that kind of stuff that I see. It's more of like, are you eating enough? over are you eating the right things it's like we love to stick with these salads and these smoothies and these light things and it's like by the end of the day you're only at 1500 calories like it's really not enough for the output that we have in our day-to-day so how can we add in more nourishing foods maybe they have a higher calorie count usually they do but they also have more nutrients inside of them Mm-hmm. And it makes so much sense because that's why you're lightheaded at the end of the day or tired or don't have energy because you're not fueling your body. So if you're running on this empty gas tank all day, 
well, you're running on fumes by the time dinner comes around. So that's why people get hangry and end up not just not feeling good because you're not nourishing at that deeper level to like literally fuel your day. So it makes so much sense. Exactly. And that's, and that's when you see anxiety creep in, right? Like we're fine usually until we get home from work or something. And it's because really your blood sugar level is tanking or your temper goes off and you yell at your kids and your partner. It's like, that's your blood sugar level talking to you. Or like you lay in bed and all of a sudden it's like, everything I never wanted to think of like comes forward. It's like, okay, like how did you eat? When did you actually offload the rest of your thoughts today? Like what, what did that look like? But we're usually go, go, go. And then we get home, we're hangry. So we eat too quick. And then we yell at someone we love and, you know, we can't sleep and get through the night. And then we repeat and do it again when really it was like, plan out your meals, balance your blood sugar levels, get back in balance, hug that person you love, stop yelling at them, eat good foods that make you feel happy and stop blaming your like binging at night because you're not in control. It's not that you're not in control. It's your body is trying to tell you something. Listen. Yes. So for the friend listening in who does still struggle with food anxiety or maybe has IBS as well, what would you want her to know? Something I say to every single one of my clients is you can't be at war with your body and win. It doesn't work. Mm. So the sooner you let the messenger catch up, which is all IBS is, which is all anxiety is, it is a messenger trying to deliver something to you that something isn't right. Whether it's nutrition, whether it's something in your lifestyle, whether it's an environment, whether it's your fitness, it could be something. Allow the messenger to come, don't fear it. And then you're able to respond and get out of this like dog chasing its tail kind of vibe. It's like, Ooh, that was, that was all the message. That was, that was it. That's all you had to tell me. Great. Cool. I'll learn to sit a little bit more. Like (laughs) it could be as simple as that, or it could be something where you got to lean in and get the support that you need because there's things going on, but either way you can't fight yourself through it. It won't. So good. Oh, okay. Laura, I got to close out by asking you something. I ask all guests on thrive and that is what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Thriving for me would mean figuring out who I am so I can better show up in the world. Whether that means doing the work, whether that means surrounding myself in better people, whether that means isolating myself in a cave somewhere like I don't know but like taking care of me so I can actually be the best me for the people around me and my relationships and all that kind of stuff I love that that's awesome well thank you so much for coming on thrive tell everybody where they can find you online connect with you more check out your programs all that good stuff yeah so the best place is on instagram which is it's laura patricia martin um, or healingthehappy.com slash Instagram, whichever you prefer. Um, and from there, you'll know what I'm doing. I am, I have a masterclass like every month. I have courses dropping like every other week. There's, there's always something fun going on. And if you're not ready to invest, there's a bunch of free stuff as well. So just come hang out. You'll probably get a voice note from me going, hi, and then <laughs> we can become internet friends, but that's the best place to find me. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. 
it's your time to thrive.